Roosevelt, of course, was a phrasemaker, but he was never merely a phrasemaker. He campaigns on a list of achievements, of very real opportunities that have brought to fruition the ideals of Americans all over the country. The campaign trail meets with only one unfavorable response when Roosevelt announces that he will step down when the third term ends. We intend to keep our freedom, to defend it from attacks from without and against corruption from within. We shall defend it against the forces of dictatorship, whatever disguises and false faces they may wear. Welcome to the day after the 2016 presidential election. And this is a very special episode because I decided to do it completely off the cuff, very last minute, and we're going to be going through the responses that people have had to this election. So if there is any audio that is not up to par, I kindly ask you to please forgive it. None of this was recorded in a studio. So without further ado, let's get started. Reaction to the election? Um, although I've always wanted a president who is a reality star, um, I really didn't want this guy. <laughs> but hey, uh, man, this is gonna suck. I don't even know what to say. Like it's just, yay, yay, America. So this election definitely was a game changer for uh, the United States. Um, a lot of people are happy and a lot of people are not happy. So this could either probably will divide the country into A class or B class and uh, see what happens, you know, with uh, everything that's going on. And uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, things could go better, which Everyone hopes everything goes better, but you never know. Different, pres different uh, presidents have their own methods of uh, running the country, so we'll see what happens. I'm extremely disappointed that it's come down to this. I'm speechless. I'm angry. I'm disappointed in America, basically. I, I have honestly no other words. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm speechless. <clears throat> so we are continuing our conversation post-election. We are here with Judy, Yao, Hamante, and we're just going to talk a little bit about the election here and just kind of get their opinions on what they think is going on and what their reaction of the election is. So anyone, just jump in. Um, honestly, I had slept during the part of the election the results and stuff like that, so I woke up this morning and I saw it. I actually didn't believe it because I was like, how could somebody who, um, that says a lot of that stuff or mean stuff or hateful stuff to other people, and how how could somebody actually become president like that? So when I went to sleep this last night, I was like, oh, Hillary's going to win it, of course. I'll just wake up in the morning. So when Donald Trump won, it just it started with a shock and it just... Uh, <coughs> Proves a lot of the stuff that people have actually been thinking in their heads, and they actually went out and voted on their opinion. And you have to respect their opinion as well. So if it was a shocker, it's something you have to respect and kind of move on from. Yeah, I'm kind of agreeing with what Shudi's saying that like 
a lot of the popular, like I was watching a lot of CNN and they were saying, the, the one tagline they kept saying was, like the, the, the vote that really came through for Trump was the white working class. And, and the fact that they continually prefaced it with white, I thought like, which is very like indicative of what this election was. They kept saying like the people's voice have spoken, but I think for me it's just it's a little it's just it's concerning seeing some of it spouts a lot of rhetoric that like is very aimed at pleasing one specific part of the nation. Mm -hmm. And now he has both the executive and now the uh, legislative because he's going to appoint Supreme Court justice and the or yeah legislative and judicial branch. They're all in alignment with kind of what he wants to do and. This makes me nervous. I think what it also has done is like spawned a little bit of like a desire for more activism within minority communities and a little more of, in my own experience, trying to say, to realize that the people, like what you were saying, the people that wanted their, wanted the quote unquote their president to become president showed up in the polls, and the people that may have equally has been opposed to that. I mean, they're they're obviously statistically still a minority, but I don't think showed up as much as they needed to to get Hillary to win. What do you think, yeah? Yeah, I mean, thank you back to what I think a lot of, like, I've heard people say closet voters. Mm -hmm. um, people who weren't very vocal about, you know, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump, ended up coming out and voting, and the people, you know, who were very vocal about voting for Hillary didn't go out and vote. And that, I mean, that, that, that was shown in the, in the election and the polls. It's, it's what you saw. It's people who didn't talk about voting, actually, went out and voted. People talked about voting a lot today. <coughs> I think um, what I really want to kind of plug into what Amante just said is very indicative in that it what Van Jones said on CNN. I think people are really starting to realize that actually race is a really big part of the election. I think more so people are really starting to realize that. Yeah, because oh, no, go yeah, because he said that on the on CNN. He was like, he's like, I know we we're not talking about it, and he kept saying you got like because he was on a panel with like two other Republicans and he was with another. Democrat. He's like, he's like, I know you guys don't want to talk about it as an issue. But he's like, race is very much a part of this election. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I thought it was pretty brave of him, like on live television, on CNN, sitting next to people that he probably doesn't just doesn't agree with. To like, yeah, I just strongly agree that like race was. I mean, and we'll see too. Like statistically, a lot of the polls are coming out that like eight percent of his pot of his of, of Trump's supporters were African American. Like eight percent. That's a, that's lower than the statistical percentage of people that are African-American mm -hmm. in this country. So it's like, I don't know. I think as we as the polls continue to come in, like we get more statistics and demographics on it, that we're going to see that like the people, quote-unquote, who, who voted for Trump, I mean, yeah, their, their America quote, can be made great again and their, their ideas can be supported. But, man, like a lot of stuff is things like stop and frisk. I don't know, man. There's a lot of a lot of potential precedent that I think in the very like a lot like <clears throat> sorry if I'm rambling. A lot of like tax policies, we wait two and a half, three, four years to see those come into effect. Having a president in the first hundred days set certain precedences for police force and things like that, I think can have like real world ramifications within mm -hmm. like the first three months. It's like to say, oh, we're instituting stop stop and frisk in the entire state of New York. Yeah, all his constituents are for that because it doesn't affect any of his constituents. No white person is going to be worried about stopping force, stopping frisking in force. It's just scary, man. I don't know the attitude on this campus being such a diverse and like <clears throat> minority inclusive campus. You could tell that there was just a lot of either concern or fear. Very solemn. Yeah. Very solemn. Bizarre. I think what also surprised me, sorry, is hearing about like the way Donald Trump speaks about women and seeing 
their amount of white women yeah. that mm -hmm. actually voted for him is very shocking to me. Mm -hmm. um, you hear him talk about sexual assault and the rape culture. He's, mm -hmm. he's very open about that, but he still has a whole whole lot of white women vote for him, mm -hmm. which is very, very shocking to me. It's, it's uh, good that you bring that up because it's so uh, fascinating to me that we've come to a point in our... Uh, political atmosphere, that people are so tired of the establishment, right? Mm -hmm. They're so tired of it that even women and people, white women, mm -hmm. and people that, um, uh, right, white people rightfully so that lost their jobs overseas, yeah. about that Donald Trump is right. And I feel like there are a lot of things that he says that really, um, it, it Touch really yeah, it touches nerves with people. And I don't think everyone that supports Trump is racist. Mm -hmm. But they're to a point where they're like, we just want change so bad, we will go with the best we can get. Yeah, but then I think that goes back to the conversation of who's we. Like, exactly. There's one thing to say, we collectively are going to say, like that's what I was talking to another people, like a lot of people. If Trump is president, it, I can deal with paying $5 per gallon in gas. I can deal with having higher tax. Like, if you don't act on it, it's not really wrong. Mm -hmm. So I'm comfortable with that as long as, as long, like, as long as my structure. It's scary. Yeah, that's and fear. That's fear will do that, though. I, I really feel like this is just <clears throat> simply... The, the ability for Trump to be able to do this, it's it's both parties' fault. Mm -hmm. This was going to happen eventually. Yeah. People are going to be so sick that they will try to get any candidate that will remotely promise that they will change at least something. Because they're so tired of it. And I, it, it's so frustrating because... The Republicans saw, I think for the most part, Trump Trump is will be considered grassroots to a certain degree because yeah. he's not a part of the establishment. And I think on the other side of the coin, there's Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. But the Democrats were so, once again, steep in the establishment. Mm -hmm. They were so, um, they, 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 yeah, they relied so heavily on, on, the on the establishment, on the electoral votes, which is specifically made to crush grassroots, grassroots yeah. movements. They literally destroyed the one chance they had mm -hmm. to beat Trump, beat the Republican Party for this election. And I hope it's a learning, I hope it's a learning lesson. Mm -hmm. Like, the only thing that we, because that's the thing, as much as we want to talk about what could have been done, like, he's our, he's going to be the 45th president. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, following Barack Obama, Donald J. Trump will be our president. In the textbooks. Freaking insane to me. But, like, so I think that's what we have to do, is we have to, like, I, I, everyone, I think, like, a big part of it is, like, activism now, in terms of, like, what you can do to better your yourself and others around you. And then the next election, like, just be on top of it, be, like, mm -hmm. You can't, like, don't leave any shots left in the chamber to allow someone that so openly expresses, like, it's one thing to be closeted, to so openly express things gets the presidency. And it, I mean, I don't mind having someone outside the establishment, but if I don't think outside the establishment has to necessarily be conducive mm -hmm. to disparaging comments about handicapped individuals, women, mm -hmm. minorities, Mexicans, African American, like, I don't know. I know I watched a video of Obama yesterday, and he was talking about despite who wins the election, that the sun will come out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And we don't know how bright the sun might be tomorrow or today, I guess, in a sense. But I think we have to uh, look at it with sense of optimism, at least, because 
like we were talking about before with the 100 days, we haven't really seen what Donald Trump was actually capable of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He actually did promise, I don't know if people, many people watched up, stayed up and watched the, the speech. He said he wanted to unify people as a country, and we all know politicians talk, so we don't know if we can necessarily trust in what they say. But for what he said yesterday, it kind of made it almost seem like he's actually willing to work for that and stuff that he's actually talking about. But it always goes back to like what he said and what he said in the past that kind mm-hmm. of just makes a little doubt in our minds mm-hmm. that exactly he's going to do what he says yeah. or just say, screw everything, I'm just going to do my own way. And then also when we look at it, he is the president, he's the commander in chief, and he's in charge of many of our nuclear weapons and stuff like that. But we as a people still have the right to do voting stuff. And well, one of the things I feel also feel like us losing the presidency to Donald Trump maybe uh, of a bad thing for maybe of me or other people that feel the same way as me, but also losing the Senate vote for Democrats at least is also a big thing as well mm-hmm. because now can pass legislation. Exactly. Because before you saw with Obama as a Democrat, but he had a Republican Senate, and so things were kind of opposing, so he wasn't able to get some of the laws and stuff that he wanted to go through. But now the Senate is more towards the Republican side and also Donald Trump on that side, so many things that you see that, maybe like, even with Obamacare, I'm pretty sure that's going to be repealed shortly yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what scares me the most. All, all his rhetoric and his, you know, his ideologies, that's what, that's what, and, and how I feel about the Republican Party, a lot of them feel, mm-hmm. but they won't say locally. But Donald Trump was that, you know, embodiment and just spew whatever he wants. And, you know, having, well, like he said, the House and the Senate winning that, you have all that ideology and the you know, rhetoric, just Donald Trump says it. Yeah. Hopefully they won't go along with it, but. More than and I guess, yeah, I guess that's my, that's why I'm, that's why I'm praying and crossing my fingers and choosing, like, I tend to not lean Republican for a lot of the for a lot of the reasons Donald Trump became president. But that's why I'm crossing my fingers is these very high ranking Republicans that have a lot of weight in their states and in Congress that that either haven't or did not support Trump can be some sort of buffer mm-hmm. to just pure unfiltered Donald Trump policy. We need like, some balance. Yeah, because like I, I think I'll, I don't think any of them are for the subjugation of women. I don't think right. I think I think even a lot of them in certain certain policies on immigration and like stopping free. Like we like oh yeah, all, we're, all Muslims are going back. Like there are a lot of them like you need to relax. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that even though they do have the majority that, and this could probably be a very misplaced naivety in, in the sense of like humanity as long as it's flying under our banner. But that a lot of them, when it comes down to more like tax plans and all financial, it's going to go a hundred percent Republican way, like Obamacare. That's, that's getting repealed. But in things like, yeah, like social issues, I hope there's at least some sort of buffer that doesn't allow just like what's been like uh, categorical of his campaign is rash, reactionary, um, impulsive decision making. That, that either A, we don't take accountability for if it goes wrong. It's just, it's not us. We didn't do it. Well, we have tapes of you and X, Y. Well, we didn't do it. Yeah. Or it's so twisted that any possible negative is not, it, is, it's actually a positive. And any positive is, well, yes, uh, of course. Like, it's directly our, 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 I think that's that mentality. I'm hoping that, like, what Trudy was saying, that even though there is a Republican majority, that there's at least, that's, that reason still prevails over, like, 
party allegiance, but right. I guess we'll, we'll have to see. Like, the first 100 days can be really interesting to see. But still, for me, sometimes I see, like, I thought Hillary Clinton was actually going to win by a large number, mm-hmm. especially because these people, Republicans, were actually coming out and saying, oh, we don't support Trump. But then, as we saw, there's a lot of these people that did actually vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. And talking about the closet voters, in my opinion, I feel that like a lot of the people that actually said, oh, well, we don't support Trump over yeah. media, mm-hmm. they probably actually still went back and yeah. voted for Trump in that situation. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's where party loyalty becomes so scary. Mm-hmm. Because I was really relieved when people like Ann Navarro, you know, Condoleezza Rice, mm-hmm. and uh, was, was, did Barry White do, uh, uh, did he speak out? No. Mitt Romney spoke out. Mitt Romney well. spoke out, you're right. A lot of Paul Ryan, like the Senate House majority, Chris Christie, mm-hmm. a lot of them lot were of like, people. Fred Upton, he still hasn't endorsed Trump. So that gives me a lot of comfort in saying, comfort in saying, you know, these people at least have a conscience. They have a conscience, yeah. and and again, that's why I feel like, e- even as Christians, right? Even uh, even if you don't even believe in a a God or whatnot, you should still be able to sit back and realize, you know what? Party loyalty is not important right now. It's really on who I think is going to be the best leader from what they present. And, and I do think it's good to be affiliated to a party because it keeps things organized, but when people become blind by that and they make decisions solely based on just because one is a Republican or a Democrat, that's when I think problems really start to rear their ugly head into politics in America. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, man. He's he's he just said a lot of rhetoric that now he has the, the literal power to enact. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm praying and hoping that he has a successful presidency for everyone, not for what he's been, not his constituents. Of like, yeah, look, we have stop and frisk nationwide, and these people are subjugated to the X, Y, and Z. Like, I hope it's like successful in the sense that like we look back on this and we're like, wow, this wasn't the ending of the United States. This wasn't this hellhole that a lot of people are, I think, rightfully thinking it might be. You know, I would be, I would be very, I would, I'm crossing my fingers that I'm presently survived. Mm -hmm. Presently. Pleasantly. I'm sorry, there you go. And I'm pleasantly surprised. And then, like, we get three years down the road, and worst worst case scenario is like, he was all right. Mm -hmm. And best case scenario, like, oh, he did some good things. But I feel like his worst and best case, his worst case scenario is way... More shame than yeah, I would argue than any before. president we've had before. I think it's just scary because this is definitely a situation where you just don't know. Yeah, he's never and really that's why been. All the markets internationally. Are yeah, he's he's never been really um, involved in politics except for when he was running. Yeah, except for a couple of tweets saying really wild stuff. Yeah, I'm just a big fan of his Twitter. I wonder if that's going to be cleaned up too now that he's president. Well, Matt, he's going to have a. A Twitter account as... Isn't that like an executive and chief of Twitter? <laughs> the chief of Twitter. So I'm... The Twitter department. <laughs> so I forgot what I was saying, but I'll just say this. I, I really hope it's just not as wild as as we think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, he... Because uh, I think Donald Trump realizes... I think he realizes that he needs to buckle down, mm-hmm. right? And he's going to have to really address the problems, not just for people... That he didn't really, His that he wasn't really, yeah, he wasn't really um, pandering to. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an outcry that you, there's, there are things in the black community, yeah. Hispanic community, mm-hmm. LGBT community that he just can't ignore, mm-hmm. and he has to deal with it. So a part of me, I really do feel like he might be a little nervous because he now he realizes there I have a huge responsibility to have proper relations with other countries who already lost respect for him during the race and minorities because. 
look, minorities have been marginalized for years and years and years. But it's, yeah, but it's a fact that we are needed. And you you need us. Yeah. You can't have America without us. And that's what I'm hoping, like, twofold. Because that's the one thing, like, when I was listening to this speech, I feel like whether it's his cabinet or his people around him are trying, especially towards the end of the election, trying to rein him in and being like, you need to start being a critical thinker, appealing to like the people that you just kind of, exactly. but I yeah, but I think also like referencing what you were saying, like and you need the minority communities. I think that's huge too. Is that like the day after the election, the week after the election, should not be the only time you care about what's going on right. in the in the, mm-hmm. in the Oval Office. Should not be the only time you care about politics, social activism, like. And I think that's something that's been a really interesting trend too. I mean, primarily spawned from like police brutality and, and things like that. But like, that there seems to be a much more uh, healthy, robust use of like social activism, protest, things like that, to communicate to the establishment that like you have a voice that deserves to be heard. And I hope that's like a trend that continues to increase, especially now that you that a lot of minorities say we have someone in a presidency whose values do not include our values. Mm-hmm. And then I hope, that, yeah, like what you're saying, like he has to, uh, those those voices have to be heard, but they also have to be, those voices have to be created. Those people have to continue right. to be like, look, we matter, we're important, things like that. And he has to, can't just be like, oh, well, let's just deport them or just find some ways to socially subdue them. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting, man. I was, I was, I can I was curious. I was super sorry. I was super depressed. <laughs> I was very depressed. Not depressed, but just it was like a dream last night watching him give his expect right. speech. And it's to this day, it's still kind of like this really just yeah. happened. Like it's after hard. all we just heard, everything he's just done, people come out and said, "Oh, he's laid us off our jobs," and then end up getting sued for talking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, Saying he was going to sue reporters that talked bad about him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing, man. It's, it's a mentality of zero, zero empathy for people that do not conform to him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing to say, Trudy, I don't like your policies, so I'm not going to support them because they disagree. But say, oh, Trudy, I don't like your policies, and then I will do everything in my legal and, and rhetorical power to just crush you, dismiss you, delegitimize you. That's what he tried. That's what he tried to do with Obama. That's what he tried to do with the Hillary campaign. That's what he tried to do with the election. That's what he problem solves. Mm-hmm. If it's against me, I delegitimize it. There's mm-hmm. there's no possible credence to what they're saying. And if that goes into the White House, that mentality stays solid, that everyone that's against us, every nation, every group of people that's against whoever the heck he thinks us is, their 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 claims are not legitimate. Right. Mm-hmm. That's because when we that's look back, when we look back at like Ted Cruz, for example, we don't even really remember some of his policies or some of the things that he thought of. But mm-hmm. it's, all we know is lying Ted. Yeah. Like that line. So just he just crooked Hillary, mistakes. crooked yeah. Hillary, yeah. little Marco, like <laughs> these yeah. little names that get stuck with the people and they start to make these associations and they're just kind of doomed from the start mm-hmm. from that. And you, and that's what I'm saying. You, he can I could see him being a president that kind of does that to groups of people. Mm-hmm. Like he dogs on on someone like Hillary for making that in my parent in my opinion very ill advised comment like saying super predators. And that thing has, I think, deserves more contextual explanation. But I can see him being someone like that, that, like, categorizes entire groups of people, entire movements, entire ideas as, as foolish. Or the, the, the greedy, Repo- like, Democrats. And, and for him, as long as that adjective stays before it, then we don't have to come to the table. Why, why try and learn 
from Ted Cruz and he's lying Ted Cruz. Right. Why try and reason or, or battle on policy with Hillary? If it, but she, if, if it's crooked Hillary, the argument's done. Why do we talk? Little Mark. Like, yeah. Even when he was, like, well, he's always been down the polls, so, but even when he was seemed like things were going bad for him, you try to like say, oh, the election was being rigged. Rigged, exactly. So but it's not rigged lost, now. Yeah, it's not rigged yeah, now. Right. It's perfect. And it's wild, man, because and that that's so that's that should be scary to people that he had a rhetoric and a voter base that if that election had gone down to the wire and they had lost by a slim margin, the rhetoric would have been we were cheated, mm-hmm. not we lost. We, we were cheated. And 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 the fifty percent apparently, if you're looking at popular vote or whatever, equal like it's like forty seven and forty seven with like the small outliers or whatever. We were cheated. That rhetoric is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. You spout that mm-hmm. and you get a bunch of people who racially and uh, just, yeah, with have a more a larger power distribution, and you get a leader behind them that says, your voice was cheated. It's one thing to say your voice was heard, it just wasn't enough, mm-hmm. which I think kind of what Hillary's saying. We, mm-hmm. we did our best. Our voice, we tried. It wasn't enough. And to say, no, your voice was louder, but they just tried. They tried to muffle it. It was cheated. That's dangerous. Very dangerous. But I mean, it's the election's over, man. It's, he, I just hope that, that that attitude doesn't be doesn't take into the White House. I hope not, because if so, man, if everything he's done, his attitude, his vernacular, mm-hmm. his 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 way I of vernacular is a curse word. Um, his vernacular, all the things that he said, if that's transplanted into the White House, we're talking a complete and utter. Lack of disrespect from almost every single world leader. Lack of respect. Lack of respect. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Excuse me. The lack of <laughs> that would worry me. Lack of uh, of respect from all world leaders. Probably not Putin though. Mm-hmm. And of course not. Yeah, and just imagine having a president that just name calls at three in the morning. So I really, I, I really feel like Trump is smart enough to not do that. Because look, he has proven that he's not an idiot. Because he knew about the silent majority. He knew they would come through. Mm-hmm. He's not He's not a dummy. He knew what he was doing. He knew that he, I know, he was afraid of Bernie Sanders. And once Bernie Sanders was out, he knew he won. Mm-hmm. Because Hillary could not stand to someone that was against establishment. And it, that's, it sucks because that's, uh, it sucks because the Democrats, they cheated Bernie mm-hmm. with the electoral votes. It's literally made to stop grassroots movements, like I was saying before. Yeah. And just... The mere fact that that happened, he knew he had it in the bag. That's and, wild. And Trump and Bernie are on the same side of the same coin. But both thing, grassroots and yeah. both really pushing to people that want significant change. I agree with what you're saying. I just, I think, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think it's calculated for him. I don't think it derives from any sense of, like, like, in his head, I don't mm-hmm. think the conversation is if we can get against Hillary, mm-hmm. we can win because we have the outsider perspective. I don't think that's what it is. I feel like, I like, when he says things, I think he's very pathological in his narcissism. When he says things, he he, disrupt, he distorts his reality to fit it. When he says things, he legitimately believes that person is illegitimate because of what I, because of what I have said. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's... I was, talking to, I was talking to the guys upstairs, and they didn't really feel like I felt, but I honestly feel like, as Americans, maybe they want to say, screw the establishment, we're going to try something new. I still feel like as Americans are not ready for a female president. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff that was thrown on Hillary, even though they weren't actually confirmed, it yeah. actually damaged her even more yeah. than the stuff that were confirmed for mm-hmm. Donald Trump, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that just reflects that, like, what's sad, like, Obama's still an outlier, man. Like, I think people got really, perhaps naively optimistic that, hey, maybe, but I think that should be so glaringly obvious to, like, to everyone. 
that you know it's like a lot of people are like look this this is like what a lot of Republicans say there's no way there's still racism in this country Obama got was elected Obama, president yeah. and then to see someone who is considered a very progressive both in terms of policy and the fact that he was a black male to become the leader of this country and then the what, what that one guy has seen and this white lash of the, then the person that is elected after and, and who he ran against is so like pendulum. I don't even think, I, yeah, but it's, it's, I think it knocks us, it's like going two steps forward, three steps back, because it knocks us back to, like, what Shudi's saying. If you if you have a certain minority characteristic about you, thing, things just stick easier. Like, if, like, going, like, for someone like Obama, like, it's so re- preposterous that, like, no, no, how we're going to attack him, we're going to play in everyone's fears, he's not from this country. Mm-hmm. When, like, at the end of the day, it had zero legitimacy. But it, it, it stuck. Mm-hmm. Like, that stuff stuck. And Romney can say something like, 40% of these people in this country don't want to work. And people are like, oh, that wasn't that same right with Trump. That's not cool to say. He's actually a really good financial leader of his state, though. Mm-hmm. When he said 47, he categorized 40% of our nation and said they're lazy. But Obama wasn't born here. Well, what facts? What? Well, he's, he's different. He's, he's, he's not. His name is different. He's not what? His name saying it so he, he can't <laughs> he created ISIS yeah but I think as we see more and more minorities like struggling for equal opportunity it's going to be that same thing like what Shudi's saying it's going to be certain rhetoric will stick to minorities mm-hmm. because of a systematic system man yeah. like you can't a rich white kinda I guess he's Christian male able bodied from New York the guy is the deck stacked for him man Here's the Garrison A's. <laughs> I think I'm most amazed. Um, I think speechless is probably a good starting point in that, I mean, literally everything for the last two years, it seems, but at least for the last year and a half, has been pointing to this idea that Donald Trump is absolutely incompetent and could never be president. But last night, as I'm watching the response, and I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter, and I'm seeing people kind of come out of the closet with their support for him, I'm realizing that that something he's been saying for so long, this whole the silent majority sides with Trump, or the silent majority, he, he's been saying that for so long, and I'm realizing that, that we live in... I mean, it's just true. It's just true. The silent majority sides with him. I think I tweeted this that, like, every action, Newton, Newton's third law, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? So we swing what we believe to be so, like, this huge push into progressivism and moving forward with Barack Obama, a black man being president. He gets two terms. I mean, America seems like it has really put its racism and prejudice to bed. Like, we've killed it. It's gone. But this equal and opposite reaction is now to elect a president who has run on an entirely dog-whistle racism-laden campaign designed to stir up a base that is just absolutely racist. I mean, like, xenophobic, fearful of the other. I mean, it's just literally based on that. And I'm realizing, like, man, like, like it's so genius that we almost didn't see it coming. 
what gets me is that I'm on I'm also I'm really like trying to stay tapped into social media through this whole thing because this is where people are able to express their thoughts. Um, I have friends who are Trump supporters, but I'm seeing over and over this blaming of the media for creating Trump. And I'm and that's so tone deaf. That is absolutely so that's so it's just not true at all. The people who support Donald Trump literally think so lowly of the media. Like these are the people who do not they called it the lion media. This so that like for the last six months it's been characterized, the media has been characterized as out to get Trump or out to demonize him. It doesn't matter what we say or what we did. This was almost inevitable, and I think it was inevitable. And what and the reason why we're so surprised is because we've like really locked ourselves into these echo chambers where we only speak to people who agree with us, and then we make that assumption when we have our conversations in public, which creates an environment where dissenting views are silenced. Right, like the dissenting voices are just automatically silenced. I say I'm, I said I'm speechless, but really I have like a million thoughts on this thing, and they're all over the place, but. I mean, it's just really kind of bewildering and surprising and terrifying. What do you want to say? What you about to say? I think it can be scary because we've been used to one leader this way. So now to have, I mean, either way, depending, like, whoever it would be, it's still just, it's kind of scary because... We've been used to a certain... I don't know what I'm saying. I, I, this thing is making me nervous. Go ahead. <laughs> I feel like you're the dentist right now, about to like... Okay. Um. Yeah, it's scary. I would say it's scary because either way, it's a different leader and they each have their own methods and their own way of doing things and so either way it's going to be changes done and um, either way people are not going to be happy mm-hmm. you know like if Hillary won there would have been some people that would not have been happy mm-hmm. if Trump well now that Trump won there's, there's still people that aren't happy mm-hmm. you know so either way I think to get everyone to come together wasn't going to happen anyway and I think that that's just crazy that messes up a lot because we're talking about unifying our nation and like coming together and all these things but either way whoever would have won would have still divided you know um i have to be honest i was very much disappointed initially um in hearing the results and it would be it would be ridiculous to to assume that that people who are hurting are bitter. Um, I think there's a genuine sense of pain because of the kind of campaign that the now elect president-elect um, had run that um, it just included so much bigotry. Um, uh, it's difficult. It would be it would be wrong of someone to assume that everyone who's hurting or those who are sad or disappointed are bitter. Or, or unpatriotic or anti-America. That would be a mistake. Everyone's disappointed when they lose. Um, and I think in this particular case, um, there are many people who are genuinely concerned about you know, where this country is going to go, given just the way that the president-elect has spoken. 
um, in terms of his views about certain things, you know, the lack of his um, political experience, just just so many things that would raise a question. Um, however, we have to we have to um, respect the democratic process. Um, he is now the president elect. And now our best move for me personally is honestly to continue in prayer as a Christian to try and um, to try to not let my fears cause me to shrink in my humanity, to not have me walking around suspicious of those who I see wondering, did you vote for him? Do you agree with him? Are you a bigot too? You know, because that's the temptation. Um, I mean, I had that temptation this morning when I saw the results. But um, I think our challenge as Christians is to not let that draw us into this place of heightened suspicion. Sure, you want to be aware. Sure, you may want to be cautious. But suspicious? No. Particularly as Christians. I would also hope that members of the Adventist church, particularly church leaders who may have more conservative views and may typically be Republican, I would hope that they would be particularly sensitive right now to um, the way that really so many minorities and other muted groups are affected by um, this vote, you know, and what what this new president could mean to people who are are not um, are not exactly represented in his ideals and in his ideas. Um, I jokingly went to like Dollar General and got like little the little kid disguises the glasses you put on with the little fake nose and the mustache. I jokingly got um, a couple of those, like a bag of those, with a friend because you know we we felt like we needed to be someone else. Like you know, <laughs> if this happens, if he's elected, <laughs> we need to be someone else. You know, um, we we joked, we took pictures. I had I got a little toy. Um, she got like a little toy lightsaber. She got another one of our friends, like a little you know, toy set of nunchucks and stuff, you know. We joked um, about, you know, trying to be ready and, you know, all these types of things, having fallout shelters and stuff. We really joked about it, but there is a bit of reality behind that sentiment. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of people who are really concerned that the president-elect does not care about them at all. More than just, well, he doesn't reflect my, my political interest, but if he had his way and could do so legally, he would put me out of this country and strip me of everything that I've worked for. You know? Um, it's, it's hard. It's hard to try and galvanize Americans to try and fight for our country. Because if this election didn't teach us anything... It did teach us that there are a lot of people who sympathize with some of the bigoted remarks that he's making. Mm -hmm. I mean, that there are clearly a lot more people than we thought who sympathize with those ideas. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to continue to fight my urge to be extra suspicious, to secretly wonder, you voted for him, didn't you? You know, if I get in a, a discussion or debate and, and I find someone disagrees or I find someone says something a little off color, you know, my temptation is going to be, I bet you voted for Trump. You know, that's going to be what I want to say. Or even if I don't say it, I'm going to want to think, hmm, you're this kind of a person, you're that kind of a person. Um, I think it's important for um, those who those who were not for Trump for us to try our best to not become suspicious 
you know, thinking that we have a bunch of enemies because it's easy to feel like an outsider in your own country with results like this, mm. you know. But your 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 challenge is to not be suspicious. For those, you know, who are very happy, you know, that their candidate won, the challenge is to not exhibit the same sort of poor sportsmanship that your candidate sometimes exhibits and to try and find compassion. I'm speaking specifically now to the Christians, you know, to 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 Adventists or whatever your denomination is, because it's clear that there's no one denomination who is all for one candidate or the other. But um, the, the goal is to try to seek understanding and understand that every person who is not for your candidate, who isn't happy with the decision, is not against you. Um, and to be honest enough to say, yeah, we do need to come together because there are some things that perhaps you do like about this, this the president-elect, but there are some areas in which he will need to grow for the betterment of our country. It really is time for us to basically just be grown-ups, you know, about the situation. It was a very childish um, campaign season. Um, so, like I said, my initial reaction, I was, you know, going to dig a fallout shelter under, you know, the university apartments. Um, I genuinely was, <laughs> but um, um, I'm I'm resisting, you know, the urge to be suspicious, mm-hmm. to secretly wonder if everyone is an enemy. Now, as a, as a minority myself, that's not something that's new. No minority, no muted group, is new to the idea of wondering if someone is really secretly against you. Mm-hmm. That's not a new concept for any minority. I think what's different now is that so many more Americans who are not minorities, not in any way a muted group, are now feeling this sort of for the first time in a very real sense in terms of feeling like America is not their their home. You know, so, and I think it's hitting, it's hitting people, it's hitting people so hard because um, for them, again, it's their first time. As a minority, I'm kind of used to this feeling, and situations like these really do make you want to just kind of double down and be extra suspicious, you know? Um, maybe I should press my hair or, 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 you know, not talk about anything, never use Black Lives Matter or BLM or anything. Maybe I, when I go to the grocery store, you know, uh, do I need to be extra happy and smiley, or is that too much? Or... Do I need to be like super close because I don't know who these people are if they're you know secretly you know a white supremacist or whatever, you know? Um, like I saw a comment, uh, I think it was on Facebook or something, where there were uh, Muslim women who were seriously debating whether or not they would continue to wear their hijabs mm-hmm. because they were genuinely concerned. And I think there is a legitimate cause for concern. But I do also think that at the very least as Christians, we need to um, we need to try to resist the urge to be to be suspicious. We need to try to find a way to continue to hope. So I've decided to have my closing comments, remarks recorded outside. So, you know, we've heard responses. People are heartbroken. People are confused. People are scared. And I think rightfully so. Donald Trump has definitely brought out the racists. But I will say this. The silent majority has spoken. This was going to happen eventually. Donald Trump was the cog in the political machine that a lot of people were trying to dismantle for a very long time. 
And that's just a fact. It's a shame that he had to be the one to do it. You know, someone that wouldn't have brought out the racist that could do that would have been extremely preferable. But this is just what has happened, and we have to make sure we move through this. And here's the thing. The work we've done, progress progress we've made, our voices are still here. We all are still here, and we can still affect change. Donald Trump won't be able to do just whatever he wants, and I think there will be Republicans that block some of the outrageous legislature he wants to pass. Because not all Republicans are racist, not all Democrats are bad, and all Democrats are racist. If anything, we should all focus on being on the same team. So, that being said, remember, we all do still play a part, and there is a lot of work we can all still do. I'm Jordan Smart. See you guys soon. Mm-hmm.